Welcome to episode 90 of Talking Mopars. I hope you all had a great Father's Day. I spent mine at the Dream Builders Car Show in Monroe, Washington, where I actually showed the Mr. Norm tribute truck for the very first time. It was an absolute blast, and I got to see some of my local Mopar friends, and I even got to meet a few of you. I love getting the chance to talk Mopars with you guys in person, and I can't wait to see you all at the next event. Special shout out to my friend Paul, who won two trophies with his gorgeous Roadrunner. The car is so nice and clean, and you can see pictures of it on my social media. Paul has worked his tail off to bring the Roadrunner to where it is today, so congrats to you, Paul. Very well-deserved. This episode is part two of the latest Facebook livestream replay from the night of Friday, June 11th, and picks up where we left off last week. So without further ado, if you are a Mopar enthusiast, then you are in the right place. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned in to the best Mopar enthusiast-driven podcast on planet Earth, and I am your host, Chris Albrecht, better known as the Mopar Hunter, and this is Talking Mopars. You're listening to Talking Mopars with the Mopar Hunter, your direct connection to all things Mopar. All right, while we wait for Johnny Mopar to get back, let's run back to the chat really quick. Yeah, he's gone. He's going to come back. Um, <laughs> Mark, what can Brown do for you? A whole hell of a lot. <laughs> uh, yep. Can never have enough stickers. Side road. Great job on the Johnny Mopar stickers. I like them a lot. Jimmy Shine. Hello, everyone. First time here. Welcome, Jimmy. This is Talking Mopar's Direct Connections, an open forum for Talking Mopar's. Or that's what, exactly what we do. Ed Juno says, currently have five that count and sold two more couple trucks that are so disassembled I don't count them. Okay. That's decent. What's up, Justin? Kevin says in the 80s. I'm not sure what he's referring to. Um, Roy says he's owned about 20 Mopars. Currently has five. Dave says he bought a 340 Swinger in 92 for 250 bucks. That's like a Johnny Mopar price. That's <laughs> gosh. Speaking of cheap Mopars, Matt. Yes, sir. Matt. Matt got himself another project. Now I pulled a Johnny Mopar. Talk about how you ended up in, in this situation in the first place. Tell us the story. Okay, so um, we were doing an episode of our podcast at a buddy of mine shop the other night, like last week. Yeah, last for last week's episode, and uh, we just wrapped up. And his neighbor came over and asked if any of us were interested in a bigger air compressor because he's cleaning out his shop, trying to just cut down stuff in it. I was like, "Yeah, I'll come take a look." So he had a so he had an air compressor for sale. We strike the deal, and the car had been sitting out there for a while. I just never thought anything of it. Get up the next day to go get it, to go get the air compressor. And he has a shell posted on a B-Body Facebook group. So I was like, okay, okay. Get over there. And I start, <laughs> we get the compressor and everything loaded. And I was like, so what's going on with the, the shell over here? And he goes, well, if nobody shows any interest, it's going to the crusher. So I was like, I was like, all right. Um, how much do you want for it? And he goes, haul it off. So I walked away with a 72 charger shell for free. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. So pulled a Johnny Mopar. Very proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> you got paperwork for that thing or what? You don't need paperwork no. in Arkansas, do you? Well, I have to get, I have to do a lost title, but Arkansas is super easy to do a lost title in. That, yeah. <laughs> Man. <And then laughs> Random event. It was a big block car. So. 
Yeah, uh, I saw those pictures, and uh, man, guys like that, whew, they always got the fun stuff. He had a, uh, what was it, a a, a a Dodge Daytona, like a, um, gosh, I'm losing my train of thought here. What what kind of car is that? A funny a funny car? Yeah, right. Oh, is that yeah. what I'm thinking? Yeah, yeah. A, a Dodge Daytona funny car, wing car. I'm talking about the '80s Dodge Daytona funny car body. I thought that was re- that thing has got to be worth some serious cash. He's got the frame inside. He's restoring the frame. He bought it as a resto project. Oh, cool. Awesome. And it's going to get the 572 big block that's sitting in his uh, 72 charger right now. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's right up my alley. I I saw that. Like, I was like, yeah, cool charger. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what you said. I was like. (laughs) (laughs) Super giant. How come I <laughs> Looking at the uh, chat, <clears throat> Bud Mac came through with the win. He says it was December of 2004, Mopar Action Magazine. And the article title was The Last New 1969 Dodge Daytona. Wow. wow. December 2004. So, I actually have so I have a box back. of Mopar collectors. I have a box of Mopar collectors guides right back here um, that I got from a buddy. He's like, "Hey, you want a bunch of magazines?" I was like, "Throw them in." <laughs> I was like, "I'll take them." I don't get free cars. Go. I guess I get free magazines. So I had to see. I haven't even looked through them all and cataloged them yet. But um, yeah, Bud Mac is a uh, wealth of knowledge. I like having him around. <laughs> I'm gonna search that article. Yeah. I'm just like, did you just pull that out of nowhere? Or did you look that up, bud? I mean, that kind of that kind of on the dot knowledge is funny. That's very cool. Um, so, what are your plans with the charger, Matt? Obviously, you got the duster, and you have your wife's truck that you got to get going. But what are the plans with the charger eventually? So, I want to do very '70s, very just muscle car cruiser. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we're gonna do. A plum crazy purple nice. with white interior and a white vinyl top. Okay. And some craters. Okay. All right. I like it. Very nice. Very nice. Um, it's got the fender tag on it. It's got, uh, it still has it the has dash the in it. So it it's has got the fender tag. It has the dash, had the vent, had, had everything with it. Just didn't have fenders hood and a passenger door or an interior. Okay. All right. So, I saw the the rally gauges were in it. Did you get to keep those or what? Yes. yes nice. Nice. That's one thing I I hate seeing those chargers with the sweeping gauge. I'm like ah. Uh. But then I saw I, I saw that and I was like oh bummer. And then I saw the gauge cluster just sitting in. It. I was like oh you got it. Nice. <laughs> Very cool, man. Yeah, those chargers. Uh, I, I like the fuselage cars. I think they're awesome. So I'm very, I'm very happy that you got one. Um, it would have been crazy had I got the butterscotch one. We'd both have chargers now. Isn't that weird? Man, don't. That would be. You, you need to make cool. it happen. Oh, it's gone. The car's gone now. <laughs> all, all he's got left is a '69 Satellite, '69 GTX. That okay? The Challenger he's got. He's got a '70 Challenger. The more and more I look at, he keeps telling me the car is wasted, and I. I'm looking at it and I'm like, man, did I, I don't know if I shared the pictures with you guys. The thing is solid. It's just a shell. And I just, I really want to build an old school drag style car. That's obviously streetable, but like that way there's not too much. Like I don't need the full interior. You know what I mean? I can pretty much just do the front part of it. Um, I did on the last episode of talking Mopars, I did project car of the week and it was a 71 challenger. 
and it was a barn fine drag car basically and just it just oozed 70s drag car and i loved it and it's 20 grand but um it i see those cars and i'm like okay if i could just find a shell then i would love to build what like if i lived in that time and i had my own drag car i want to build what that would have been you know period correct um but this guy's got this 70 challenger and it's like he wants 2500 for it and he keeps telling me it's not worth restoring and i can't seem to get through to him that i don't want to restore it you know what i mean i don't want it to you know it's a jh car so it's like at that point it's a blank slate you know so someday i need to get a shop or something i need to i need to move and get some property so i can have more mopars because i was just telling matt earlier i'm jonesing for a car now everybody's got cars and i got a van and a truck <laughs> i sold my car uh i want another one but johnny mopar you're back finish your story wrong with that okay so i don't know where i dropped out at but uh the lady wanted a richard petty hemi 66 charger right and she drove it for a few years like i want to say it was around three to five years she had a good relationship with the salesman that sold her the car and she had to leave the state and go somewhere else for something else. So she asked, she brought the car back to the dealership and asked if they could store the car for her. And she, they said, yes. And so they put it like Blake was talking about. It was like in the dealership warehouse in the back corner, like t completely hidden away. And she would call and check on the car like every year. And then as time went by, which one year turned into two years to three years. And then, Boom, you know, 20, 30 years go by the car. She's lost all contact with it, really. And the guy that the, the salesman is long gone. So she talked to some guy in the Mopar arena that um, was curious about the story, uh, called the dealership. Yes, the car is still there. It's been sitting there since, you know, this, I guess, the late 60s or early 70s. Um, and they're like, basically the dealership's like, no, this car's ours. Now you basically abandoned it here. Right. Oh, you know? And, and so this guy helped her get lawyers and stuff like that. They took ownership of the car back. She got her car back. So, and she, wow. in thanks, she made this guy like part owner of the car, but this car was in such perfect condition. All they did was drop the tank, put a new tank in it, clean the carburetor on it, car fired up and ran no problem. And they, this guy that's, I, I don't know, I don't remember his name, but they use this car as uh, like a gauge for, you know, for judging. So like if you were to restore a 66 charger and it's got to have all of these particular things, you know, like check boxes, they use this car for reference because it is completely original. It's never been restored. It's never been changed and it's in perfect condition. The only thing she changed on it, by the way, she would street race the thing when she got it new and she pulled the Hemi emblems off of it, put 383 emblems on the, <laughs> on the side. So it's like 383 four barrel, I think is what it said. Yeah. To, wow. to basically dupe people people into raising her <laughs> but that yeah it's crazy how does that happen that lady is a gangster she's like take right? the 426 hemi emblems i'll put 383s on yeah. <laughs> that is wow yeah. i want to meet this lady she needs to be a guest on talk for us <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> wow i mean i know it's in i have no idea what article and <clears throat> mopar collector's guide it is it Gosh. i mean I, I haven't had a subscription for from them and 
probably like five years, you know, and it's probably like 10 years ago I read it. So mm-hmm. she's wow. probably up there in age. But is she single? Does she need? I think she is. Bo- yeah, she, she need a boy toy in her life? Yeah. <laughs> I like a cougar. You know what I mean? <laughs> Somebody that could drive her around town in her 66 Charger. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> 383 in it. Don't 383. <laughs> That's 383, right? <laughs> oh man. Oh, that is awesome. Very cool. Okay, so, so changing subjects back to vans real quick. I all I right. Don't think I, I don't think I did post these pictures. Let me see if I can somehow put this up where you can see it. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Johnny looks like the Craigslist ad where they post pictures of pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for a license plate picture with his thumb up. <laughs> uh, oh wow! A picture of a picture. Know. I don't know if you can make that out, guys. It's, it's so weird. It's, it's hard to get it centered. I'm yeah, a professional at looking at shitty it, pictures. Can you see the? Can you see the deer right there in the corner? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> see this way. Yeah, the dude was pretty cool. He's pretty cool to talk to. Was he sponsored by Cabela's or what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he was talking about installing that that side window thing too. Wow, completely right. preserved that. That thing's awesome. Yeah. All oh yeah, groovy dude. <laughs> groovy. Wow. Wow. <laughs> okay. There Gosh. You, go. <laughs> you know, it's really like hard to find shag car hunting cabin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I would park that right in front of a Bass Pro Shop. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, hey, if you were going to if you were going to sell it, yeah, definitely take it to a, Bra- a Bass Pro Shops or a Cabela's. Just park that bitch right in front and for sale sign. <laughs> Blake would be buying that shit. <laughs> right? <laughs> hey, weren't you the one that was talking about the Bass Pro Shop? Weren't you? I don't I thought it was you. Bucky's. Probably. He was talking oh, about Bucky's. Bucky's. Yeah. No, there's a crazy Bass Pro Shop in Memphis. That, okay. I think maybe we talked about that before. We did. We talked about the Pyramid. Yeah. Okay. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah that, I, I had maybe. Maybe oh, they'll put man. it in. Oh man, that van would kill a Memphis outside the Bass Pro Pyramid. Now we're talking about <laughs> right. it. It would be very popular. Matt, let's be honest. A lot of things get killed in Memphis. Okay. <laughs> man, you ain't lying. <laughs> you ain't lying. <laughs> that pyramid. That pyramid is nuts. I when it's I was crazy. when I was driving trucks. I remember we were on the road. I had my trainer with me, and. I look over and I see this giant glass pyramid and I'm like, what arena is that? <laughs> like, that's how little I know. And he goes, Oh, that's hey brother. That's a church. And I said, Jesus Christ. And he goes, yeah, a lot of Jesus Christ in there. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, the thing was huge. I was like, that was like the Luxor in Vegas. What is going on? It's huge. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it has a swamp in it. <laughs> yeah, it does. Wow. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, no, they, they have a swamp in it with all their boats on display on the water, and it's full of local fish, and there's even alligators in part of it. Yeah, like, seriously, their, their boat showroom floor, like, it's, it's – the boats are floating in water yeah. oh, inside shit. the pyramid. <laughs> I thought – okay. I was confused. So the Bass Pro Shops is a pyramid. 
Yeah. They bought the pyramid. Yeah, they, they bought the pyramid. Bought, they bought and the they turned, And they turned it into what well, it, it was a basketball arena for years. Oh, like, it was. You know, like, oh, yeah. For, for decades, it was. So was my and trainer then, fucking with me and said it was a church or what? Yeah, yes. probably was at some because for a while the city owned it. They pretty much bought it back, okay. and it was vacant, so they had to do something with it. So I'm sure at some points there was a tenant oh. that was a church or whatnot. See, you're blowing my mind there because I was thinking I was still in the church mindset, and you're saying they got a swamp in there, they got all their boats and a showroom for their boats, and I'm like, if I'm in that church and they're passing <laughs> that donation thing around, you don't need my donation. You got boats in a swamp in the middle of your church, dude. <laughs> Okay, no, I'm sorry. The Bass Pro Shop yeah. has their right, boat right. sales floor as uh, a swamp. They, yeah, they okay. bought it out, and like the whole perimeter inside is like a hotel now. Wow! And uh, the floor is—it's crazy. Like the main floor, it's literally a floating pot, like a boat showroom. Yeah, <laughs> like know, it's a cypress swamp. Yeah, it's right. nice. As crazy as it seems, I'd venture to say if one of us hit the lottery. One of us would probably build something like that in the Mopar world where we all hung out and we did our YouTube videos and podcasts. And yeah, I've, I've already sent you guys the photos of what I'd build for us. Yeah. Yeah. People going, you see what those idiots did with all of that money? <laughs> every like time Mopar's everywhere, <laughs> every time there's a huge Powerball or something, I remember it was like a billion dollars one time. I remember thinking to myself, Lord, if you let me win this, I promise. And he said, Shh, no, you're never winning that. <laughs> I was like, I'll donate. I'll donate some to some dog rescues and I'll help save yeah. some kids. I was like, yeah. but I'm going to have a shitload of Mopars. Yeah. yeah so I, uh, I, blew, I blew it with that. <laughs> I, I could picture us standing outside a facility like that. Like the scene in Dumb and Dumber where they're handing out money outside the hotel, but it would be Mopar keys. We'd be like, there you go. There you go. And one unlucky bastard would be like, Dart SXT? What the? <laughs> like, sorry, dude. <laughs> hey, I own one of those. <laughs> that was a shot at Johnny Mopar. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> uh, you got to get Don't beat up a little. Anybody. You can't like get away with getting $100 chargers and not get some shit every uh, once in a while, okay? Yeah, this is true. Yeah. I'll take it. Um, I'll take it. <laughs> Blake, you just finished up a badass CUDA. Tell us about this CUDA. Tell us the trials and tribulations of swapping a new Hemi into an old muscle car, please. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, so we just wrapped up. I'm looking out the window at it right now. Uh, FM3 Pink 1972 CUDA with a 6.1 liter Hemi swap in it. So it's still running the original 727 auto um, just because we didn't want to cut up on the floor or anything. Uh, so it's actually a pretty good uh, story. We started out with uh, two cars. Uh, our client brought us uh, a 06 Charger S SRT. Perfect, like mint condition. It was painful to tear it apart. But uh, we, we pulled the 6.1 out of it, um, you know, did the oil pan conversion, everything we needed, made it fit into the, uh, the e-body. Um, it's been really smooth. There were two major hiccups um, that kind of just drove me a little bit nuts. Uh, the first was, so it's a 72 car, but for some reason, it had a 73 Model 340 in it. And all right, so I'm gonna quiz Johnny. What is special about the late tail end of the 340s? Uh, I'm gonna, 
I'm going to guess that it might have something to do with the high nickel in it, in the blocks or something. But uh, other than that, I don't really know. No, more, um, more but, basic than that. This was new to me. This was completely new to me. Okay. okay. Uh, I don't know. I think we no, talked about, I think we talked about this, didn't we? I'm trying to remember. It sounds familiar. Uh, now I got to think. Oh, shit. Think about it. Yes. Enlighten yeah, we us. talked. Maybe someone in the chat will know. We talked What's about different this? about the, the late, the later three forties. So three forty ran from what sixty seven all the way to seventy three, right? Right. You were having an issue with something, and you didn't realize. Damn it! I can't. I can't remember. Oh, oh that's gonna bother me now. Not and a look, not a motor mount. Right? guy through and through. I did not know this until I saw something, and I was like, "You gotta be kidding me!" Damn it! Oh. That's going to bother me. I know we talked about it. Before you tell us, how do you know that, because the car's a 72, how do you know that the block is a 73 and it's not a 72 that was just built late, you know, it's like a late 72? Actually, the block is right outside. I can go look at the numbers on it. Um, The car was originally a three. The the car was not originally a 340 car. Oh, okay. Um, So uh, you can look at the casting. Uh, you know, the casting on the block, it'll tell you the year that the block was made. And then you look at the VIN number on the block or the partial VIN, and that tells you the year model of the vehicle it originally came in. So, yeah, like, uh, yeah. kind of like I have a 70, it's a 71 340 block standard bore on the shelf as a spare. Um, it's stamped June of 1970, but the VIN number on the block is for a 71 Challenger. So, yeah, so I'm not I'm not crazy familiar with small block stuff, but I know mm-hmm. like the big blocks on the on the pads. So like 69s were were stamped with an E. So like mm-hmm. if you had you could have had a 70 casting block or let's see. No, it probably would have been I don't know that it would be the other. It would be towards the. You could have an earlier casting in a later model. Yeah. So like you could have a '69 block in a '70 car. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, but the E. I mean, if it if if it was stamped E, you know that the block is a '69. It belongs to a '69 mm-hmm. car, even though it might have been cast, say, in '68. You know, right. the tail end. They just hung around until they got to use it. Yeah. Well, not only that, but they started making the, the model like August, I think. So like 69s right. would have been made in August of 68. You know, it's like my my dad's blue charger. That car is an early 68. So it was actually built in 67. And it's got like John was talking about all the weird stuff like the, the deck lid, you know, the I think I don't know if it's mid-year or at some point they started cutting out the the space between the deck lid on the skeleton, you know, the inner mm-hmm. structure. Yeah. Uh, if you look at a, a 68 or 9 or 70 charger, it's all like a single panel, like two panels put together. But on 68, yeah. there's cutouts, like the hood, like how the hood is cut out. Yeah. And then John was also saying that the uh, the early 68s, I, I haven't taken pictures of it yet or really looked at it, but the, the hinges and the torsion bars in there, I guess they're all funky. He says they're like 67 charger torsion mm-hmm. bar setup and everything whereas in six, later 68 they changed it and then that carried all the way through 70 but yeah, yeah. In, in any first rate. year problems like there's a first year quirks right yeah, yeah. my last e-body was a uh, 70 
as well, but it was made in like October, like October 1st or something like that of 69. So it was in And it had some quirky things that were a little different, even from my, my current 70 car. Yeah. But, uh, let's, yeah. Let's look at chat before I reveal what's going on. Uh, I'm, I'm still trying to think. I know we've talked about it and I cannot, I don't even remember. I, I know we okay. talked about it. So, and this was a total revelation to me. I did not know this. I thought all 1967, 273, every 340 ever made was internally balanced. But that's right. Balanced. Oh, yeah. Now I remember. The 73 <laughs> is no. externally right. balanced like the 360. So, that was a big headache. I got the powertrain in the car, it's up in the air. And I'm down to, okay, drive shaft in, everything in. Let me go put the converter bolts in. And I'm spinning the converter in to align the converter bolts to the flex plate. And I see counterweights. Mm. Yeah. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> I was like, ah. So I did a little homework. Went on like Mopar, uh, um, all par, all that stuff. And lo and behold, yeah. So I had to pull the in, the transmission back out order an internally balanced torque converter so uh i went with just a like a bnm whole shot 2500 um <coughs> just something never a place always upgrade right mm -hmm. so that was one and the other pain in the butt was our client really wanted to go with the crankshaft uh valve covers with the coil pack relocation so it takes the coil packs off the individual cylinders on the valve covers and relocates them under the 6.1 intake manifold. And they have the spark plug wires and boots that drape over and make it look more like an old school. It's really cool looking. It looks old school. But um, I don't think that those uh, persons that developed these kits ever actually owned a Hemi. <laughs> I have ever been a Mopar person, period, because, uh, I mean, I fought this thing for hours. I couldn't get the intake manifold to actually seat on the heads. And the whole problem was, like, in the new generation Hemis, in the car setups, so the, the heater hoses, there's metal tubes that run from the back of the timing cover, uh, and back of the timing cover into the water pump. It goes along the valley, so, you know, underneath the intake manifold, and turns 90 degrees straight up at the very rear of the engine by the bell housing. And that's how the heater hoses are ran. On the cars, there's a simple S-shaped hose that goes from the firewall over to the heater hose on the engine. Um, what it was is the coil packs were hitting on those tubes. And um, I called them up, and it was uh, – you guys heard me belly aching about this story. They were basically like, what do you mean it doesn't fit? And I'm like, well, it physically won't go down. And so I you know, told them about hitting any. They're like, well, why do you have heater tubes? And I'm like, um, because everyone made with them had heater tubes. Like, that's how they're made. And it was a lot of back and forth. And I finally asked them, I'm like, hey, can we video chat? I could show you what's going on, how this doesn't work. And maybe you can help me with a solution here. No, no, no. We don't do that. Just figure it out on your own. Maybe get something really bendy. That that was from technical support. Get something really bendy that you can flex around the coil pack. Nice. Wow. <laughs> so what I wound up doing is I found a set of heater hose barbs um, 
that come with the Magnuson uh, supercharger kit, and they just press right into the timing cover. And uh, we were able to get some uh, pre-bent 90-degree 5.8 hose and run it, and that came out well. But that that whole sidebar tangent detoured me 12 hours. Wow. It was just yeah. like, oh, gosh. That's but, got that's got to be annoying being not only an engineer but also a product developer yourself, and having <laughs> shitty customer hey, <laughs> service hey, and shitty lie. technical support. Just get some bendy stuff. Call it a day. <laughs> when he said, "Well, when they said bendy stuff, like I almost dropped the phone." I'm like, "Huh? What <laughs> bendy stuff? Is is that a technical term? Like, is that that's the best you got?" Little does Blake know, I work there, and that was me. Just get some bendy stuff. <laughs> no, but- covering, covering the receiver up like, oh, Blake's going to be pissed. Bendy stuff. <laughs> I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Bendy stuff, dude. Bendy stuff. Oh. Well, yeah, we took the car out. Um, it will be, I think it's September cover of Mopar Collector's Guide magazine. It's going to have the story in it. Um, they're supposed to have another wrap-up through the photo short, shoot here shortly. Um, we just went cruising around in it today and we had, Mike and I had a lot of fun, shot some media content for it. Um, and we were just playing a little bit, you know, we'd lean into it and I mean, it was just skating all over the place. And we got back to the shop Mike says, Hey, let's lift it up. Let's get a little bit more content on the fuel system. I said, yeah, sure. No problem. Let's lift it up. And, um, we were looking at the tires and they're just, I mean, in great shape, plenty of tread left. And. He looked at me and said, man, these things are really hard. You know, like, how old are these things? Just curious. 2009, 34th week of 2009 is when the tires were made. So I'm like, well, no wonder they're ice skates. They're just hard as rocks. Man, that's scary, dude. I know. God. I'm like, we were cruising around and, you know, we figured probably with the tune, the intake and the, the long tube, headers like free flow and exhaust were probably – you know, maybe about 450 horse, you know, and um, it is, it's crazy. It's like, yeah, just 450 horse skating around on near, you know, <laughs> 11 year old tires. Isn't yeah, that what, uh, isn't that the issue with what happened to Paul Walker's, the, that uh, Porsche had some say. old ass tires on it? That's what oh, they say. Wow. So yeah, check your were... tires, folks. Check your tires. <laughs> I was going to say the charger that that engine came out of i mean probably a lot wider and like yeah. stickier and you know heavier a lot heavier yeah now you're going to these bfgs that fit in a stock 70 cuda you know it's like <laughs> <laughs> you know it's been fun though man we uh has the owner really saw the car What's yet that? or is, has the owner been out to see the car yet or there's still um, he has not seen it run in person yet no, he hasn't. So he's going to come pick it up, I believe, Sunday. Um, I hope he's very excited. It's just cool, man. It Everything was everything was straightforward. The, the swaps really are. You know, the, what gave us the problem was that oddball engineer, right? So if you're swapping like a 318 or a normal 340, it's, I mean, it's so direct. We, we have like probably another four hours in pulling the transmission again. Um, cause you had to take the exhaust all back out, take the drive shaft back out, all that stuff, yeah. uh, pull the converter, prime the new converter, stab it, all that. Um, you know, that's, 
that's the thing that made it difficult. If it weren't for the torque converter and those custom valve covers, oh man, it would have been an absolute walk in the park. <laughs> it just, they drop right in. Even the air condition, um, you know, you get the uh, adapter fittings for the Denso compressor, the factory compressor on the new Hemi, make you a set of hoses. And I mean, we had the air condition running probably in about 30 minutes. Damn. And it spits ice cubes. It's awesome. <laughs> wow. Is everything is everything else on the car pretty factory, like the suspension and all that stuff? Um, you know, in our intro video, you know, we were told that it had a full Hotchkiss suspension. And uh, once we got it lifted up in there, it, it really doesn't. It has a Hotchkiss front sway bar. It has the Hotchkiss uh, subframe connectors, which I don't really care for. They hang really, really low. They're really visible. Really? Uh, and then it had two inch lowering blocks in the rear end. So really stockish, you know, the, the torsion bars are stock, nothing. I thought it had the full uh, Hotchkiss TVS kit, you know, with, oh, yeah. you know, full shebang, leaf springs, torsion bars, upper control arms, you know, all the good stuff, but uh, it doesn't, it's, uh, it's pretty stock. Um, so I think the next thing that's going to happen, my recommendation to the owner is, get you like some QA1 tubular upper control arm, something that'll correct the geometry so it'll mm. handle a little bit better. And um, you'll see a much better, just a drivability. I notice it, comparison like our orange car versus this car, this one kind of drives like a boat, you know, kind of just floaty. Whereas uh, the orange car, because of the suspension upgrade, just much better handling. And it's kind of neat to be able to jump in the same car more or less and just feel the handling differences, you know? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But we, we thought we thought it was, but it's just pretty stock. Yeah, man. Cover car of Mopar Collector's Guide. That's a, man, that's insane. Awesome. I never never anticipated better, something like this. You better get better that magazine cap. and frame it and hang it on the wall. Well, we got the new shop. So, man, we have been yeah. oh, yeah. in the shop, new office. We have been, wow. We don't sleep much lately, I guess you say. <laughs> yeah. So we hey, have been at it. We have uh, the new office facility. Just myself, Mike, and my dad. My my dad's retired. We built the shop office in one month, from nothing to drywall paint. Uh, you know, got all the media stuff set up in it so we could do our content. And um, and I, I couldn't. My, Mike was killing it dude just the dude is a workhorse and he just uh, between him and my dad there's a lot of times you know i'll go into work and uh i'll come back and they've gotten so much accomplished it's crazy you know so, uh, it's it's kind of stinks because our media slacked off we haven't posted new videos in a while you guys probably haven't been hearing as much from me just because we've been blowing and going so quickly you know we Four of us are really tight, you know, and we just yeah. 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 everything going on and um, harness production. So we've got harnesses coming in, you know, all the time. We're trying to squeeze in assembly here and there, but there's just only so many hours of the day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Blake, how do you see your shop moving forward? Is your shop going to be just sort of like you're working on on Hemi Gen 3 Hemi conversions for older cars? Or are you going to be a shop like somebody can, 
you know, bring their car into your shop and drop it off. And you got like, you know, you got like bays, you got America's tire type facility and you got bays out there and, you know, you've got 10 guys working for you and they're all out there ripping out three eighteens and dropping in gen three Hemis. Is, is, is that like where you're going or hope to go? Um, not, not right now. Um, I think more realistic, we need, um, a very steady stream of income. So we're doing great with sales, but manpower is just one of those resources that it's, especially nowadays, it's hard to really um, keep that. You know, it's, it's everyone's hiring right now. Mm-hmm. So our bread and butter will be components. I mean, we can manufacture them at a steady rate. We can control quality very well. We can make sure the customer gets exactly what they want and they're happy with it. Um, with builds, they always have that scope growth. Like, you know, the, the owner will come in and is like, man, I love this. By the way, can you add this, 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 and this? And it's like, well, yeah, we can. But, you know, when you have a schedule and, you know, being a mechanic for years in the past and, and working in various speed shops, you have a schedule. It's like, okay, well, Bob's car is coming in on Monday, so we have to be done, you know, Friday with this car. And then Thursday, that owner, you know, you're going to be wrapping his car up the next day. He comes in and he's like, oh, can you go ahead and put a supercharger on it for me? And it's like, well, like, you're going to mess up the whole schedule, you know? And yeah. You want to be everything that customer wants you to be. You want to give them all the cool gizmos and gadgets and yeah. make the car yeah. their dreams, but with that scope growth, it gets crazy. Yeah, and then you become you become a well, I don't know if it would be a speed shop, but a custom shop. You become different, something different than what you're trying to accomplish. And right. it is so hard. It is so hard to yeah. really bill a customer for the amount of work that it takes. Yeah, you know, and I mean, it's hard to get them to understand. Like, yeah, we can do that, but um, one of the things on the, the coil conversion, I keep going back to that, is so now the main harness for the engine runs under the intake manifold as opposed to right at the uh, right between the injectors and the coils along the fuel rail on the outside. That's where on the Gen 3 Hemi, the harness runs on both sides, drapes across by the uh, fuel rail. Well, when you do this swap, you have to cut open the harness on both sides of the engine pull away the injector connectors and they're mixed. It's, it's not like, Hey, wire a and wire B on each injector connector runs perfectly nice together all the way back down the harness. It's entangled literally like a spider web <laughs> in the harness. So you have to cut the harness open, you know, get the, like the fiberglass or the, the fiber tape off. You have to get your pin picked out, unpin the connector, take one lead out, wiggle it all the way back, untangle it all the way back to the split in the harness, and then come all the way back forward with it, connect it. It's just hours and hours of tedious labor for one simple aesthetic thing you're trying to accomplish so that it just gets crazy. I don't think we're going to be in that position for a long time. Um, If the product sales do really well, my main goal is to do – special cars for product development, you know, new parts, stuff people need, people want, that we can really give them solutions. And that's really where I think it's going to be for a while, you know? 
Van, van, yeah, van, van swap stuff. That's it. Van swap stuff. Oh, that's that's R and D. You know, we we're not we're not situated to just kind of have that revolving door of customer cars. It's just it's too time consuming at this point in the game. I think you'll yeah. make more money doing products. <laughs> products, yeah, yeah, way that's more money. True. Well, and less it's hassle. Like, it's like the harnesses, right? So. Our harnesses, every single one of them is quality tested before it goes out. And this is not uh, a, oh, we look over it, make sure there's no nicks in the wires. Every single one before it hits the door, it goes on an engine. We run it. We test all functions. We run a scan tool on it. We do everything to make sure it's good to go before the customer ever sees it. And then we put a serial number barcoded tag on each and every harness that is unique so we could trace it for quality control from here to the end of life. Right. And that's the kind of quality that we want to put out there with builds. You know, it's they're 50 year old cars. Most time, you know, you can build a car, turn it loose into the wild and the customer may come back a month later and say, man, my left front tire doesn't hold air on it since you worked on it. Yeah. yeah, it has nothing to do with what we did, but oh, okay, you know, it's and I see Matt smiling, he knows what that's about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. so it's crazy, but I, you're right, uh, Chris, the, it's the products for us. You know? Yeah, I, uh, I, I kind of see you're probably going to get hit up here in the next five or 10 years of people who have their factory stuff going out and they're going to be like, Hey man, I need to, <laughs> I need some factory harness stuff. And uh, that's, is that going to be hard stuff for you to develop or because you already have the framework built for the harnesses that you have now, it's kind of like, okay, this will be easy to adapt. Yeah. It's uh, knowing the systems, knowing the wiring systems and how it works, it's going to be very easy to adapt to that. And so like nice. restoration harnesses, if you will, for, mm-hmm. you know, a 2000 or whatever, eight super B, you know, how they had those that came out for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people will restore the, restore those cars in the future. You know? So I don't think it'll be a very hard transition. Yeah. I just imagine them getting up there in mileage and people going, you know what, I'm not going to deal with this, you know, all this wiring and the cars will end up in the, in the old yards. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's going to be those people that want to build them and they're, they're going to need harnesses. So I, yeah. I, I think DIY Hemi is going to be uh, I hope so. huge, I hope so. huge in that. Cause you guys are I on the forefront. So. Like I hear rumblings of other, other, just a lot of it is branding and you guys have branded very, very well. Every time I hear about somebody else with harnesses, I'm like, I haven't even heard of those people. You know what I mean? I've been hearing about DIY Hemi for years. <laughs> as soon as I, started looking at new Hemi stuff. That's when I ran into your stuff. So um, you guys are definitely in the right position. So, and, and the products, Oh man, it's one thing. One thing I do like about your products and I'm not just polishing your knob here. I definitely, I definitely, (laughs) I definitely can see the difference and care when I look at various products, like not even with, wiring harnesses specifically but in other companies you see the you know the small we'll call it mom mom and pop shops right developing products that look better (laughs) than the products that are like out there by big manufacturers um and i have seen a i won't say a few i've seen a couple other people that are like oh um this person is doing Hemi harnesses. And so I'll go take a look at the branding isn't as good as it could be. And it's, I, I just, I don't know. I think, 
I think you guys got it in the bag. I think if you guys, you oh, guys are on a very, a very awesome trajectory and everything I've seen you produce. I'm like, sh- like I would not believe if somebody handed me that and said, DIY Hemi is a huge multi-million dollar company with a giant, with a giant <laughs> manufacturing plant. I'd believe it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not Look, the smartest guy. I'm not the smartest Mike, guy, in the world, but I believe it. <laughs> Chris, that's Mike, dude. Mike yeah. is the branding. Like he, that's one thing I communicate with him. I said, look, above all those quality, let's just make sure it's good stuff. You know, people oh, are going to yeah. spend their hard earned money on this. It's got to be quality. And, and he's taking that to a whole new level. I mean, look at, you know, every single harness comes with an, a little emblem on it. It's not a sticker. It's an emblem. <laughs> Yeah, you know? and that's what I'm I mean, talking about. We we have discussions about the stupidest stuff. Most people are like, yeah, why are you worried about that? And it's like the wire loom. I detest corrugated plastic wire loom. Me too. I hate it. <laughs> because what? Look look at all those cars from the early 2000s, right? Look at the, you know, when like the 61 first came out and the uh, like 06, right? You look at all that stuff. You grab that loom that's old and dry and brittled now, it just falls apart, it crumbles, yeah. it's nasty, it's cheap looking, it's, you know. And I said, we need braided loom. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you know, that adds X amount to the bottom line. It's like, I don't care, we need it. You know, it's, that's a big thing that I think he really pushes the branding, the quality, and uh, and I, I, I'm excited to put it out. I don't want garbage out there, you know, it's, and we've done different things. It's adapting over time. Back when we first started out, we sold the manuals, right? Mm-hmm. So it was a complete open source. You could come in, learn everything you need to do about Hemi swaps. And look here, you can, you know, give us 30 bucks just, you know, to kind of help us continue developing this technology. Uh, and you can have this, I mean, step-by-step manual on how to do your own wiring harness. Well, that really got to be a technical nightmare. Um, some people just really, it's just not their strong suit, right? It's just not. So we were spending hours and hours and hours on that. And we were like, man, you know, we can do something better for people. You know, I was looking at some of the pictures we got back and some people are so excited and so happy with their work. And I'm proud for them. I'm glad for them. But for every one successful person, we probably had two to three that were just wanting to pull their hair out. And I didn't want our customer to have that feeling or connotation in anything involving our name, right? Yeah. We pulled the manuals. We, we don't do that anymore. And we say, hey, look, here's a, hook these four wires up and go have fun. Go drink beer with your buddies, you know? <laughs> we just continually think about that, that image. Like, what do people think when they think of our brand? And that was probably one of the better things we've ever done is get rid of those manuals because now we're more responsive to customers. We have more time to talk to them about their issues and what they need than we ever did before. Yeah. I don't know. I've seen seen the pictures of the products and I'm just like, damn, that looks beautiful. (laughs) Like, uh, I, I want to talk to Mike. He's he's always ghosting the show, and I I feel no, like, he's not ghosting the show. I man. feel like you're keeping him away from us. I don't know why. Like I don't know why. <laughs> I got to keep him to myself, man. <laughs> no, no. no, it seems like he, he, seems definitely, like he, wants, he definitely wants to join in next sit yeah. down. Make sure uh, we get a you know get scheduled. We got the spread now. His yeah. office, is, his desk is about ten feet that way. So um, we right. can we can get him pulled in. I think he'd really enjoy it. You know. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna, 
<laughs> I want to ask him about all his pet peeves with his partner and all that fun stuff. <laughs> uh, he probably has some good ones. <laughs> I think the uh, first thing he'd probably tell you guys would be like, I'm probably too much of a perfectionist and it might drive him crazy. Like everything <laughs> has to be just right, you know? So. And that, hey, that's the key to your success, dude. I'll tell you that. Gosh, hey, you make it great for guys like me that are morons that will use your products and then we'll go to a show and they'll be like, wow, you put a Hemi in that thing? Like, sure did. Yeah, it wasn't easy, but sure thanks did. to DIY Hemi. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, I was trying to hang out with you cool guys, you know? Oh, I got to do, some, do something to like get to SEMA and go to um, Mo Party with you guys. Yeah, you guys got the microphones. You got like all official, legit swag oh, Jeez. People know you. I just, man, look, if I could, if you look, just let me tie your shoes and hold your backpack. <laughs> that's, that's good. I'm just trying to get a ride from Nashville. To, I looked up the prices on rental cars. Holy sh. And then I was like, oh, I'll just Uber it. And then I realized how far it was. I was like, oh my God. So now I'm, I'm probably going to roll up to Mo Party in like a Kia or something. Well, hey, man, if I got to come get you, I'll come get you. I don't care. Yeah. I, I think it's like an hour away though, and I'm I'm hitting the ground in Nashville at seven something in the morning on Friday. Uh, you might have to hang out for a few minutes, yeah. but <laughs> oh wait, no, I'll come. I'll, I can meet you there. We're leaving out Thursday morning. Oh really? That's, yeah, yeah, I'll be there. leaving out. Okay. Leaving what time? get you? What time? What time uh, do you guys think you'll be in? Uh, we'll say Nashville. Uh, just whatever time you need me to be there. I mean, like I said, we're leaving Thursday morning. It's like an eight-hour drive for us. You might so, see me. I'll be sleeping on my luggage at the gate, just waiting for you. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a little further for us. Maybe like ten, maybe ten hours. Yeah, so we'll be there a whole day. Like we'll be there a whole evening before you get there. So we'll just meet oh, okay. you there at the airport and get you. Okay. Yeah, just go cool. get you. All right. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. Nice. All right. No, <laughs> yeah, right. I, was, I was like, nah. I'm going to have to, I'm gonna have to rent like sure a bring, I have to bring one of those embarrassing like uh, chauffeur signs. It's like, <laughs> Chris, welcome back from rehab or something. <laughs> oh, no. We're doing it up because like I'll bring like my crappy white Dodge truck and just be like, like have like a Confederate flag hat on and be like, Chris, you got the stuff? <laughs> Question mark. See now you guys have set me up. Now you're gonna roll up and I'm gonna be in Daisy Dukes with a little flannel that's cut <laughs> off right about here. And I'll be like, oh hey. <laughs> I'm glad I'm missing this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. God, that's gonna that's gonna be fun. And then SEMA. I need to uh since Johnny Mopar's the co-host of Talking Mopar's. Yeah. <laughs> your business cards are on the way, Johnny. We'll get those, buddy. All right, cool. <laughs> I was gonna yeah, say Yeah, I gotta uh, finish my registration. <laughs> yeah. Um I keep forgetting this was my job. So <laughs> yeah. <to> back off. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah, that uh I'm excited for these events coming up. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Um I can't believe how close it is. That's gotta be that's gotta be it's gotta be a little scary for a guy like Matt. You know, I mean, who's got a card table sitting against the car that he's supposed to battle Blake with? Hey, so, if you look real closely, you can see my fancy new uh, sanding blast cabinet back there. Uh, uh, sanding blast cabinet I got, for, yeah. I got for free with the charger. Nice. Um, Shots fired. It's right there. So, hey, I already said I probably wouldn't make it, but I'll be there. <laughs> it's all good, man. As long as you're physically there, it doesn't matter about the car, dude. We're it's going to be a blast no matter what. <laughs> for for anybody listening to this that doesn't know, we we all talk just about every day. Like 
we all went from being guests and stories on this podcast to being a pretty tight knit group that hasn't really physically met each other yet. Mm-hmm. Nope. So yeah. SEMA and Mo Party is our first our first outing, and it's going to be a blast. Yeah, it could be a it could be dangerous. Yeah, you because know, <laughs> we're, we're getting an Airbnb, and there may be some alcohol flowing. So I don't know what Saturday morning is going to look like at Mo Party, but <laughs> it might it might we'll be a little see. crazy. Yeah, we'll see. We shall see. As I'll long as we it. hang over somebody, like let's put let's put Maddox on like the roof of the Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> I just see me rolling up to Mo Party the next morning because it's like, you know, hair of the dog type thing. I might have to wear one of those helmets with the beer holders. <laughs> like, I ain't driving. Fuck it. <laughs> you think they'll let you on autocross with that? <laughs> what do you mean this isn't approved? <laughs> you could do what one of my old construction buddies. We called, him, <laughs> we called him Scarecrow, right? He's an old Harley guy. And uh, he hated wearing helmets. And he had this old fucking brain bucket from God knows when. And he took like white out or some white paint and wrote DOT on the back of it. <laughs> We're like, Hey man, Hey man, that's not, that can't be legit. He's like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> but I always thought that was funny. I was like, I mean, how, how unsafe is that helmet <laughs> that you had to paint a DOT uh, logo on it? <laughs> like, and no cop is ever going to be fooled by that. Just so you know, um, <laughs> hold on a second, guys. I, <laughs> I happened to look over at the chat a few minutes ago and I saw this and it made me laugh. This is from Big Red. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Listening to y'all as I'm laying the pipe on this Friday night. <laughs> Welder humor. Get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> Big Red. Nice. Big Red. Big Red, you made me laugh, dude. I was trying to hold back when I was listening to Blake talk about serious stuff. I saw that and I was like, oh, God. Because <laughs> at first I'm like, Jesus, Big Red. And then I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. <clears throat> Oh, here you go. Side Road wants to know, is DIY Hemi making custom swap mounts into GM specifically? Do you plan on making mounts for anything or besides oh, yeah. vans? Besides oh, vans? Yeah. <laughs> no, we definitely do. I mean, we, we've got kind of like a hit list of products that we want to come out with. Yeah. Uh, just things that uh, there's a need for, you know, stuff that would help. And it's kind of crazy. We love hearing feedback from customers like that, you know, just like that. Hey, what about this? You know, that kind of helps us, you know, get our hit list rolling and you know, we don't kind of get behind with the times. But what do you man, think would be a popular GM for a hemi swap? Like what would be actually, the first one you would it's make? It's actually out? already getting very popular in the C tens. Yeah. That's exactly what I was gonna guess. Very popular in the C tens. They love especially the six four, you know, the the three ninety two, they love them. I mean it's 500 horsepower right out the box. I mean, that's yeah. that's impressive. Oh, but the LSs are so much better. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> I'm glad they're finally getting with the times, but it's fine. Oh, uh, nothing wrong with LS. No, I, with I I do like I do like the fact that they're venturing into other things like Hemi's, but uh, I want to know how well that's received in the C10 community itself. You know what I mean? Are people open to it or is that like a, you know, is that like putting a, a really, is that because I mean, I know in the Mopar community, there are some people that are, you know, Hey, do whatever you want. It's your car. But then there's the other guys that will flame the hell out of you. If you put an LS in anything Mopar, <laughs> it's oh, yeah. like, I'm oh, sure okay. there's, I'm sure there's some people out there that get heartburn over it, but I know like, there's been a couple that I've seen done very tastefully. 
Mm. And man, people just go crazy over it. They love yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, it's it just hoards attention. You know, um, it's it's different. You know, I, I think like the LS. It's such a proven combination. It's great. It's kind of people have it down to a science now, um, but it's now it's kind of like run of the mill. It's expected. It's so expected. Yeah, it, you know, it's that, a different crowd. Like that crowd is about standing out, like being different than everybody else. I mean, I mean, right. if those guys, if those guys were like, you know, the Mopar guy, guys had to have a heart on for a freaking Mopar engine and a Mopar, which I'm one of those guys. But, <laughs> um, you know, if, if if they were like that, they wouldn't be slamming them and bagging them and customizing mm-hmm. them and stuff. It's, so it's like a totally yeah. different crowd. And those guys are all about customization and, and being way different than the, than the norm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, if you're used to seeing LS after LS after LS and then it's like, bam. Hemi six four, you know, it's like yeah, oh. it's like where's the challenge? And I think in the customized world, you know, if you see the same stick on accessory on every car at the car show, it almost becomes a joke. You know, it's like, well, is it really custom if it's just so easy and has been done so many times? Are you saying the AutoZone flame stickers down the side are not cutting it anymore? AutoZone, AutoZone, what's AutoZone? <laughs> right. Oh God. Oh yeah. I'm not allowed um, to talk about that. Forgot. Forgot. <laughs> I, I do have I to can't. ask. Not- <laughs> I can't do AutoZone. I can't. Like Matt, how do you not just just smile every time someone mentions that in your presence? Like I I can't. I, I go in there and it's like, yes, you might have something that I need, but I I <laughs> It's just a totally different shopping experience. Like it's, yeah, I can't do AutoZone, man. So the difference, I can't say who I work for, um, because I'm not Fair allowed enough. to. But because Irish guys, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, okay, Johnny. Um, shit. <laughs> he's telling a story. He's telling a story, Johnny. Sorry. <laughs> um, so. Especially at my store, I make a point to try to hire people that are interested in cars. Absolutely. That's the difference right there. Zone will just throw a body at it and hope for the best. It's kind of like throwing a wet noodle at the wall. Some of them will stick and work out. Some of them, not not really. Um, But unfortunately, 99% of them are not car people. Yeah. And you get that vibe when you walk in, you know? Yeah, I mean... I have a confession. Okay. I used to work for AutoZone. I don't know if really? I ever told you guys. Yeah, for two no weeks. No way. <laughs> and weeks. they're just talking shit about AutoZone. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Why two weeks? Oh, uh, it was crazy. It was a fluke. I, I had quit my job at Jack in a Box. It was a great job, but <laughs> um, they got in a new manager, and she was a bitch. And I was like, "Fuck this!" I quit. And then um, I applied at AutoZone. I got a job, and I was like, "Oh, this this would be really cool." You know, they have like all this training for you know whatever like brakes or suspension what have you and the position was in corona so it for me it was like uh man it it had to have been maybe like 40 miles 
It was a 40-mile drive. Um, this is like way early. I actually drove my 68 Charger. This was one of my 68 Charger, my first car, the high school car, the $100 car. I was yeah. driving from you know where I lived all the way out to Corona. So it was a long drive. Um, and it was funny because when I applied, I applied at a store that was like in my town, but the mm-hmm. only position available was that far away. And they're like, well, you know, work there for a while, kind of pay your dues, and then you can transfer when a position opens up somewhere closer. I thought, okay, that's cool. Um, but, and, and so check this out. There was actually one of the, there was a lady I actually interviewed with, and I'm not going to lie, she was pretty hot. She was, she was pretty hot. Somehow we started talking about Mopars of all things. And she's like, my ex-boyfriend had Mopars and like, we totally hit it off. I'm not saying we dated or anything like that, but she was just totally cool. And she, it was like freaking, I was in man. I had the job, you know? Uh, but she told me, she goes, whatever you do, don't ever quit because that auto zone, if you quit, that's it. They'll never hire you back. They'll never bring you back in again. But after two weeks of driving all the way out to Corona, I was, it was killing me in gas, you know, even though gas was a dollar a gallon back then in California, by the way, uh, it was, it was just too much. I couldn't do it. It was like all my, my whole paycheck was going towards gas in the car. So, and that was only a 318 back then. But So uh, what you're telling us is that she wasn't that hot, Johnny. That's what you're telling us, right? Because if she was, you would have been was, making that drive. I, <laughs> no, that's the thing. She, the, I interviewed with her, but and I'm not even sure which store she was at. I think she was at a different store. She wasn't at the store I went to go work for. Uh, and she wasn't at the store in my town. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's illegal. Right? <laughs> yeah. So I worked there two weeks. And, and I, I kind of thought the manager at that store, he was kind of a dick. So mm-hmm. after two weeks, I just said, nah, it's too far. I'm done. So <laughs> she's like, my ex-boyfriend used to have Mopars. And you're like, your new boyfriend has a Mopar too. Yeah. A 68 Charger. <laughs> Man, if I was slick back then, I was like wet behind the ears, young, okay. stupid, you know, <laughs> deer uh, in the headlights. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. That you know, crazy. around here, I don't know what it's like where you guys are at, but around here, I literally can throw a stone in any direction and hit an auto zone, uh, an O'Reilly's or a Napa. Uh, there's only pet boys is like, there's only like one or two around that I know of, but the other places they're everywhere. And uh, is it like that where you guys are at too? Cause I've noticed that I have good and bad stores on all, all of them have good and bad. You know what I mean? I've gone to every single place and met a moron. <laughs> so it's like, I, I don't have the lucky places where the real, real gearheads are where it's like everybody behind the counter. doesn't matter who you get. It seems yeah. like these stores I go to, I, I have to avoid certain people <laughs> because they don't know shit about cars. So mm-hmm. I, I know when I go in there, okay, this guy's old. He probably knows some shit. So I go to that guy and typically the older guys do the younger guys. Now, if you have a, a 94 Integra or something, they'll know everything about yeah. it. But you mentioned a Mopar and they're like, Oh, is that a, uh, it's like, yeah, okay. It's a Dodge. <laughs> yeah. So, no, so there, 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 yeah, a, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I said, we have a running theory that just about every part store has the cool old guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah they, they usually have at least the one cool old guy. Like uh, when I first started, I worked with a gentleman by the name of Dan, and you couldn't understand a word coming out of his mouth because because <laughs> it was just how it was. But you can hold up a part, just hold it up and go, Dan. Looks over at it. 
that job a 98 Ford. <laughs> you, just, you just go on about your day and you get the part pulled. And I was like, impressive. <laughs> so when I was young, we used to have a big A. I, do you guys, I don't know if big A's was a big chain or not. I think it was one of the smaller chains, but we had a big A and it was like a franchise. So it was, even though big A was sort of like the big brand name, it was like a mom and pop type shop and they had everybody in there. What like they knew their shit. They were all old school dudes and they all knew their shit. I used to take my, you know, eight and three quarter axles in there and get green bearings pressed on. They, you know, they actually did shit there. It was, uh, it was awesome. And like I had a 66 charger once, right. And had disc brakes on it. And I'm like, they didn't even fit the the lower control arms. I had to take a sawzall and like notch a little piece so that the <laughs> wheels would turn all the way right. And I wanted to get brake pads for the thing, and I had no idea like what are these things from, you know? So I I like pulled the caliper off, took it into them, and they're like, that looks like a like a seventy one seventy two B body. And then they go in there and they they'd look it up. I, I don't even think it was keyboards back then, dude. I think it was like books. They were actually going through books and they pull the pads and it's like, yep, there they are. They fit I'm like sweet, man. I mean, <laughs> you don't get that kind of shit these days. No, that's crazy. It's true, though. It's true, man. We we have uh, we have a Napa here, but they hate the public. Really? <laughs> yeah. So we have like AutoZone's pretty, you know, pretty popular. Like, there's quite a few amount, a lot of O'Reilly's around here. One advance, um, one car press really far away. But the only Napa that we have in town, they absolutely hate dealing with the general public. They are solely focused on their commercial accounts, you know, supplying to repair shops in the area. So they're open. Their hours are from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. That's it. No weekends at all. And you go in there, and if you're not, you know, from a repair shop, it's like you walk in and you can hear everybody go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's Blake again. <laughs> they do, like, decent stuff. Like, you can get hydraulic hoses actually crimped there. You can get a lot of they have some knowledgeable guys there, but they really do turn not. rotors. Right? Yeah, they, they turn they, rotors and drums. They turn rotors. Funny story. I actually had to show some guys at an O'Reilly's how to turn rotors once. The crew. And by the end of it, when I was on my last rotor, I had a set of it was four. When I was on my last rotor, I looked back and it was the manager and six uh, six workers surrounded me like it was class like how to turn rotors on their machine <laughs> wow nice I was turning rotors at 16 at Big O Tires in Linwood, Washington <laughs> uh, awesome. yeah gosh good old days good old days um, <laughs> I have a bad story about AutoZone one of the last few times I went over there there's one AutoZone that I thought was it's far enough away where if I take the Mr. Norm truck it's kind of a nice little cruise so I went up there one night and I got there like, gosh, it had to have been maybe seven minutes before they closed. So asshole move. Maybe. I don't know, Matt. You tell me. Is that an asshole move when you walk in five minutes yeah. before you close? If it's no. quick, if it's quick. No, I know no, what I need. Thing. Here it is. Boom. They what so many people. And this is even like a part store thing. This is like customer service kind of thing. A sale is a sale. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's at 
I, I don't I don't open my store until seven thirty, but I can't tell you how many times I've had to open the doors at seven because I had somebody in the parking lot waiting. Mm. A sale is a sale, and a sale always helps your business. I like I like that. I I walked in that auto zone. I walked in this auto zone. I'm not shitting you. This old grizzled guy looks up from the counter and goes, fuck. And I was like, whoa, bro. I was like, damn. And then, so I get my shit really quick and I'm at the counter before, before closing time. And another guy walks in with like two minutes left. And the guy goes, can anybody fucking read the sign? He's like, geez, dude. I, both, both of the people working that night were super disgruntled. I, I was like, wow. But I, I was like, wow, I felt so welcome when I walked in. Like, fuck. Like, damn. Wow. Customer service. I was like, remind me not to fucking come back here <laughs> yeah then and then they sold me a um fuck what did i buy um a clutch fan i bought a clutch fan for the van and uh one of the bolts when i was when i was going in i popped the helicoil out and i was like what the fuck so i took it back in there and they're like huh and i was like look i did i was going to torque them and i hand tightened them and as soon as i turned the fucking thing it stripped out <laughs> and they didn't believe me, but at least they warrantied the shit. And I was like, so you're going to be an asshole to me and then sell me a shitty part. <laughs> but that's what I get for being cheap with the van. <laughs> I thought I was like, ah, I'll go cheap with the van. But, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a very paranoid person when it comes to like online places like rock auto. Um, yeah, I, I, I like to see something before I order it and it would piss me off if I waited and they sent me the wrong stuff. But every time I have ordered from rock auto, it's been great not the wrong stuff so now i'm convinced maybe for stuff that i'm not you know replacing right away i can wait on the rock auto parts but um i've I've actually ordered c body calipers from rock auto before and they were fucking cast wrong like they were really yeah there was like an area cast into them i can't remember what it was hitting but something was totally interferencing them and i'm like Fuck, you know, and what the shitty thing about Rock Auto is you go, oh, wow, the price is like really awesome. Yeah. And yeah. you click like, okay, I'll buy it. And then you look at shipping and then you're like, I'm right up here with, you know, everybody else price wise. But I, I ended up because I didn't want to have to bother with shipping the crap back and then getting my money back. And I still needed the calipers. So I just took a cutoff mm-hmm. wheel and just freaking ground that area off. And it worked. Yeah. It was like, don't go into a passage, please. Just be solid metal and we're good. See, that would piss me off so bad. Like, yeah. Rock Auto, I trusted you, and you're going to do me dirty like this. Right. So I had a customer I had a customer come in one morning, and he threw four boxes on my desk. <laughs> and I was like, okay, what we got going on here? He goes, this is my Rock Auto order I just got. I was like, okay. Guys, they sent him four empty boxes. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, they sent him four empty boxes, and he had waited like a week for this order. And he goes, yeah. "I hope you have this stuff because I kind of need this today." <laughs> wow. he, he said, "I ordered four air shocks. I didn't know they were going to literally be air. What the fuck? <laughs> God, that's messed up, man." The only thing bad I had happen was on my car. I uh, I ordered some new calipers for it because they've been sitting for years, and I'm like, I'm gonna get some new calipers for it. Rock Auto, let's just get some replacement calipers. And when they came in, they were like two different metals. One was like this chrome nickel looking metal. Like it was bare, whatever. I'm not sure what type of metal or metallurgy it was, but it was like just bling. 
and the other was cast steel. So side by side, it's like you could not get any different, any more different. Like it's just one was kind of like rusty iron looking, the other one was just like looked like it had been chrome dip. And so I'm like, oh god. So I actually had I, I coated them just so they would be the same color. But that was like it's like would, would, would you just send the same thing? <laughs> you would hope. You would hope. But yeah, that was a pain in the butt. But I will say this, since we talked a couple episodes ago, I uh, remember how I was talking about you could get a crate six four for dirt cheap on Rock Auto. Yes. That's gone. They're gone. Like <laughs> I had some friends that, podcast. Oh man. I had some friends that cashed in on that and they bought a couple like literally bought a couple six fours. Really? And uh, now you go back and back then it was like twenty eight hundred dollars for a six four uh long block from Mopar, not you know, like a reman company. Um, with a seven hundred dollar core, and now they're seventy eight hundred dollars with a seven fifty core. Man, I should have I should have pulled the trigger when I had that cash. I should have pulled the trigger. I don't know what I was thinking. I was too busy looking at cheap six fours that were all burnt up. Remember that bullshit? Damn it! Why didn't I just see? No, no, no remorse. No remorse. It felt like you said it was like fifteen engines in a week one time. <laughs> I did. I was I was after something, and it never panned out. Now I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna have to fork out the cash eventually. But you know, it is what it is. Now I wish I would have pulled the trigger on that Rock Auto shit because, like I said, I've never really trusted Rock Auto. Um, but uh, so far, yeah, everything everything I've ordered, I've gotten, and it's been good. So, hmm. what should I be the one you get in a long time? I, I haven't ordered in a long time, to be honest. Um, there's just something to be said. I don't know if it's because I'm getting older or what, but I walk down to the local O'Reilly's. I know everybody there by name. They know me by name. And they're like, hey, what do you need? And I'll tell them. They're like, oh, yeah, this. Or, and just, just go back. Just, you know, go look. Go get it, you know. And <laughs> it's, I mean, you don't get that service anywhere else. So, I mean, you're going to pay more for it, but they're there when you need them, you know? Uh, that's kind of my outlook lately. Awesome. There you have it, my friends. Another episode of Talking Mopars is in the books. For everything you need to know about the podcast, please visit TalkingMopars.com. And don't forget that you can send me your Mopar stories, questions, comments, concerns, complaints, and everything else on your Mopar-addicted mind to Chris at TalkingMopars.com. Or you can leave me a voicemail on my voicemail box at 209-28-MOPAR, and I will play your message on the show. Also, if you like Talking Mopars and you'd like to show your support for the show, there are a couple ways you can do it. One way is by picking up some Talking Mopars merch at the Talking Mopars merch shop, which you can find on the website, or by becoming a supporter through my Facebook page. Find me on social media by searching for at Talking Mopars Podcast, and be sure to subscribe to my new YouTube channel by searching for Talking Mopars Podcast. That's it, my friends. Until we talk again, I am your host, Chris Albrecht, and that was Talking Mopars. Thank you for listening to Talking Mopars, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Until next time, remember, no Mopar left behind.